Hey there, folks. I uh, wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor, in our opinion, is the easiest way to make a podcast today. First off, it's free, and we obviously like that. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or even your smartphone. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the big name streaming services, talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a bunch more, all the places you listen to our podcast. You can generate money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are getting into podcasts or it's something that interests you, then download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, and welcome to this week's iteration of the Two Loud Adams podcast. Coming at you live from a couple days ago. Live from a couple days ago. We are coming off of um, another loss, third loss in a row that hurt um, on uh, up up in uh, Hartford Athletic. Our last trip to Hartford Athletic. Don't make a Whalers joke. We don't need it. I wasn't going to until you said it. <laughs> so it's my fault. Besides, I don't know how many people here enjoy uh, being reminded of a 90s NHL team that was just okay before <laughs> Arizona. I didn't even know they were in the NHL. That's good to know. So um, another trip to Hartford Athletic, and unfortunately um, a- another trip back without points. Uh, yeah, it's, it's four trips up there, and, and one point we've returned with. Uh, yeah. And arguably our best performance of the season, which was that 2-2 uh, tie with the exception of the last six minutes of that game but this was another interesting game right so it ended up you know the the final scoreline two to one doesn't really show um in my mind who dominated the game which was us I thought yeah I agree with that I was it was uh a lot of good domination but as unfortunately uh a continuing storyline in uh, Loudon's performance they just had trouble finishing when they got in the opposing third uh, but I guess we'll get more into that uh, w- within the show as well. Yeah, boy, boy did they ever. Um, you know, we, we started off hot. We got a first professional goal by Josh Fawole. Um, you know, Josh. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been just real stoked uh, and 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 yeah. watching him grow as a player and get better and better in, in the performances he's had. Uh, whether it's been a you know a half performance or you know coming off the bench or even the few he started and. That was that was a great opportunity, right off the bat. Uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time for a striker isn't always the easiest thing. And he was there, and he had the, the mental fortitude to finish that ball and direct it back into the net. And also, kudos to Christian Sorto who uh, who uh, picked the who pickpocketed the ball on the other end and started that whole run off. He did a long pass, and then he sprinted all the way to the other end, and he got the assist on that goal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sordo had a great game. Uh, he yeah. was all over the place, making lots of cuts. He's he's extremely. Uh, I think that's one of the things that that at least I see. I'm sure Coach Martin sees as well in in his talent, um, in his repertoire. He he has this ability to be able to cut uh, real quick uh, on a dime and, and kind of redirect a play and, and send balls uh, in in very accurate positions, um, in, in very threatening positions to to help out the strikers and. and um, I think he had a great game. It, it was his uh, uh, maybe his second start of, of the season. Um, certainly hasn't had um, the playing time maybe that we would have expected. 
of, of you know that he was going to perform with you know with last season he came in when that first game and he had that brace um right off the bat you know a kid that we didn't even know about uh from from Baltimore Armor and you know next thing you know he, he's 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 the easiest person to make a song for because we're just in love and uh I think we're finally seeing that level of quality coming from him again yeah by the way you're right he did have this was his second start of the season also, um, another fun fact, uh, he's 100% success rate on tackles, considering that he's only had to tackle three times, but 100%, uh, according to the uh, stats here. I just found that a funny. Uh, yeah, so, so Christian Sordo opportunities uh, coming into the box. I, I think Mike Gamble, uh, another player, had a really great game. Um, who was, who was providing lots of, of threatening opportunities into the box. Um, yeah, but, you know, Fawole gets that fourth-minute goal. Uh, you know, you, you, get, you get off to a strong start, and uh, we're, we're off and running. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, there were a lot more opportunities where either Fawole or Endor went to, got to the other end, and it just did not result in a goal including a breakaway where it was where Fall was streaking towards the goal from the right side, just him and the keeper. And he tried to give it to Endor for the assist, but uh, Endor was unfortunately a half step behind and, and it didn't result in anything. Yeah, there was a, there was a series of, of, of opportunities there in like the, between like the 20, maybe 25th or 22nd minute and like the 30th minute um, that just kept finding, uh, you know, we kept seeing opportunities come in and out, uh, in and out of the box and uh, just didn't capitalize. There was that one that was just painful. Um, and I'm yeah. sure, uh, I'm sure Aliona Endor wants it back. I think I'm sure, he, you know, every striker is going to see that and he's going to say, man, I, it's going to replay in his mind over and over again. Um yeah, but we, we weren't able to put them to bed, and, and they punished us for it. That's that's as easy. Yeah. As it does. The seventeenth minute, the Hartford had an amazing strike from outside the box. Honestly, I'll I'll give them. I'll have to tip my cap to them on that one. Mm -hmm. That got them their first goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's not much else I can really say about it. Uh, the second one was they had. A, Loudon had a chance to stop, but there was some poor marking that allowed their attacker to slip into the box and on a, uh, you know, a very slow cross and uh, slipped it past the goalie there. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's bring it back for a second. Let's talk, let's talk lineup. Um, pre, oh, pre okay. Let's just real quick. So, um, you know, I like, I like that coach Martin is continuing to tinker. Um, I almost wonder if he's tinkering in anticipation of, of what coach Olson's doing uh, up at Audi, because they're, they're, they're in a, a similar quandary uh, trying to figure out how to produce goals, uh, you know, from a team. Well, that thought that, sent to chill down my spine, but continue. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're trying to find a way to produce goals out of a team that they know is capable of it that, you know, you got you got the Ola Camaros up there at DC that that are super talented, veteran, capable strikers. But um, maybe the the way that we're playing right now isn't feeding them. You know, same thing with Endor. We've seen mm -hmm. what he's capable of, but but maybe we're not fitting his needs to to get him. Um, you know, churning out the the highest quality. So you're seeing him tinker, um, and he went back into that uh, that using our two strikers. I I kind of 
And watching it, though, this time, it, it didn't seem like a two-man top striker uh, formation. When, when you kind of watched them, you, you saw, I thought, Fawole was dropping back a little bit more, almost being instructed into like a center-forward type position, sitting behind Indoor, um, helping distribute. More of like a false nine. Kind of a false nine, right? But there was a number nine. So mm-hmm. it, it would be in that like exactly that false nine type spot. But it was an interesting spot. Maybe he was just instructed to kind of be, a, you know, more of a, a more of an attacking mid. But he obviously was was in the striker positions whenever we were in that attacking third. So yeah. it, it was hard to say. Um, I, I think that there were some pretty elaborate instructions provided to, to Josh. And, and I think he did a great job, especially just identifying when that, that one break happened by Sordo in the fourth minute. But um, so the attack, it was a change. I liked seeing that. Obviously, Sordo was a change on the right wing. I think that – I think he did a seamless job up there. Uh, considering he hasn't been the first pick all season, um, we've had some some very talented wingers that have come in and out and are out maybe because of injury, like Massimo Farron, who who played great when he was here and, and is out right now. I'm hoping, hoping to get him back. Kairou Mustafa, who obviously is a big fan favorite right now and yeah. has, makes streaking runs. Um, but he's out for injury right now. Hopefully we get him back. But, yeah, I think uh, Endor was out like in the last – in the previous game, wasn't he? I think Thankfully. he came off the bench. Um, I believe so. Um, but I don't know. I've slept since then. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so there's that, um, midfield, you know, of course up, up on the left wing, you can't forget, uh, Michael Gamble, who's continuing to, to yeah. be, um, a, a staple and, and a stable aspect of, of our attack, uh, continue to provide opportunities and doing his job. Um, yeah, but, yeah I think so. he Gamble himself also had a couple of, uh, very close, uh, chances at goal himself. Hasn't he? Yeah, I agree. Um, so Looking at midfield, what are your thoughts on that? We got uh, Jeremy Gray out. Uh, I don't even believe he was on the bench. And in his no, place, he was not. Yeah, in his place, we got Nelson Martinez back uh, after a game or two. I think he had a red card that he that put him out for a game or two, and then yeah, he's back. Um, and him him being paired with Ammo, uh, you know, you're thinking, or at least I'm thinking when I'm seeing that lineup that. Nelson maybe seems a little more capable of providing those tackles in the midfield and, and stopping play um, from advancing through the center of the field than Ammo or, or Gray are. So you're thinking that's maybe a more balanced pairing in the midfield. Yeah. Plus Martinez is a little more comfortable in a defender position. I think yep. it's, I think he was you know, drafted to do the defensive mid and he, for what it's worth, I thought he handled it decently. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh He's capable of, 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 of moving the ball forward up the pitch, but he's also, you're right. I mean, he's, I think he may have played more of a defensive role in uh, his academy time, but um, I don't know. He is certainly a very capable, you, you look at him and you get like a Philippe uh, Martins kind of, you got kind of vibe to him. He's, uh, he's very capable, but he's also kind of got that attitude, right? You know, that, that, that you yeah. love, you love if he's your player, you hate it if you're, if you're the opponent, right? But he's, he's kind of, one of the first people without a without a captain's armband to kind of get up in the in the ref's face or get into yeah. the, the, the you do I, there is a role for a uh, for like a better phrase an enforcer on the pitch mm-hmm. well, in hockey they call it an enforcer, enforcer or, goon if you, or yeah. a goon if you want to go there oh gosh yeah so i mean the role he's... that uh, what's his name the guy who played bullet tooth bill um that's all you man queens park rangers uh, uh 
20 years ago. Why I should know his famous actor guy. I should know his name. Someone's listening right now and has Googled it by now. Probably. I'm sure it'll come to me later in the episode. Sure. Uh, it's just, it's on yeah, the tip so, of my tongue. So he's, uh, he's, he's that, he's that attitude kind of guy. He brings it. Um, it's always funny that, you know, to see him cause because you know his father is as a sweet guy and very a very vocal fan. He comes to all the games. His family comes to the games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always out talking with the Stampede guys um, and and having a good time. But it's always funny because he's he's his dad's kind of be like, oh man, he's getting another car. Like, <laughs> but you know, hey, like there's there's a mm-hmm. there's a guy on the pitch that needs to do that, and Nelson has no problem being that guy. He's that muscle and he, he does it. And he, he's not yeah. the biggest guy, but he, he certainly, he chirps like he's the biggest guy and that's awesome. Yeah. Vinny Jones. That was the guy's name. Ah, yep, still no clue, me. but I love it. Um, so look, look, if you watched lock stock and two smoking barrels or other guy, Richie flicks, you'll find out. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but back to the important thing, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, it's right. I guess it's a little harder to, of course, it's a little harder to get away with, uh, goon behavior in uh, soccer than it is in hockey so yeah i guess that's something that uh he's got to watch out for try to, hopefully uh coach will get him to temper it down yeah i mean don't, at the very don't least, let it hurt your team or at least right? yeah or at least don't do it when the ref can see you don't, don't let it hurt your team that's my big thing right so yeah. like i think there was a there was a home game i think it was the pittsburgh game where i mean it, it was that first home game it, it hurt the team, his, his red yeah. card. Um, and I think we were going into half. I think it was about – it was one of those situations. It, it actively hurt the team. It, if there's there's one thing where it's like that, right? There, but, you know, you know you're about to have a chance to cool off. So, so just get away from the ref. Get away from the play. Um, you know, don't, don't make crazy tackles. Studs down, whatever it takes. But the other side of it, man, you know, it's good to have that guy if he can be deployed correctly. Um, and that's on Coach Martin to know – how and when and when to pull him as well um, to, to shake up opposing midfield, shake up opposing defenses. Um, and, and yeah, so he's, it's a, it's an awesome, awesome attribute. Um, and, and if you're listening, Nelson, it's nothing but high praise that we're giving you right now and saying, indeed. That. Yes. So, yeah. So defense, um, big changes on the back line. Um, first of all, let's look at that. The center half pairing. We don't have the, the two center backs that we've had, for the majority of the season now, which was um, the subtraction was, of Shane, yeah, Wheat. Shane Wheat and, uh, well, I guess. Tim Mel. Well, Tim Mel was there up until. Shane Wheat was out, and we had Adam Lundegaard um, back in play. Yeah. And, and that was a pairing, um, or I believe we had uh, Wheat and Lundegaard who were paired in that first Hartford game. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work well. Uh, I think Lundegaard was, was not back up to the pace that he is probably used to, but. He surely was up to pace this game. He had yeah. a great game. Also, did I see him wearing the captain's armband this game? I don't think so. Um, we can check on that as we're – For some reason, because the uh, the box score, at least on the official USL site, says he was wearing it, but that doesn't sound right. I thought that was Michael Gamble's uh, thing. Yeah, it was Michael Gamble. Yeah, I thought so because I don't know the box score doesn't seem right on that on that score. Anyways, um, but that's not the important thing. But yeah, Lundegaard did really well. Uh, I thought, especially during the second half when the, when Hartford had a, managed to get it past Lefebvre, who had uh, you know gone forward and uh, unfortunately got run into by Saravia. 
and it was looking dire. Lundegaard stuck his leg out and state and stopped Hartford from uh, scoring a second goal. Yeah, so so you've been a big proponent um, on that back line of of Tim Mel, right? That's been your guy, yeah. your go-to. Um, I've always I, I've been saying not that I have anything against Mel, um, but I, I've always thought that the better of the pairing was Wheat. Um, but and I, I actually got nervous when I saw the um, the absence of Wheat and, and then you know throwing in Lundegaard and Mel. Yeah. But oddly enough, maybe it was just because it was a new fix. Maybe it was a new you know new setup. I thought it was one of the best pairings. Um, mind you, I think the entire defense on that first goal fell asleep. I don't know what they were doing in the 17th minute, but they all just kind of were – they didn't press the ball. Nobody was stepping up, and maybe it was someone else's job was the mindset. But that shot being allowed from outside the 18, it should never happen. Um, but It was a very good shot in their defense. Har, har, har. Yeah, yeah. Fair. It's you know you want if you're going if you're going to give them space if they do have a spot to shoot you prefer they do it from outside as opposed to inside the box where it becomes a lot more chaotic and a lot shorter distance. Yeah, absolutely. Said exactly. that, but I mean, having said that, maybe Martinez or Sordo could have stepped up there. I'd have to look at the clip again from that. I just think when you have the numbers behind the ball, you don't you don't allow those shots to be taken. Um, I, I recognize if they're pressing and you're trying to cover, you know, a, a one-two, um, or, or but but I mean it's just like the simple rule of if you're a fullback, you don't allow crosses. You just don't. I mean, hmm. crosses are going to get by, but those are I think deductions in in um, you being a, a left back or right back or whatever. Um, but not to say that those things happened because I will say I think that this this pairing at left back and right back was was also a stellar um i don't want to say upgrade but certainly was an upgrade from recent performances uh and it, and it included tyler cabrera on the left side who yeah. i i don't i, I, I thought it was maybe, more of a midfielder than a defender myself well, yeah so he came into the to the season and i understood he was more of a defensive midfielder um, he started a couple games or played a couple games in more of an attacking role, started playing out in the wings. And I'm thinking, okay, so I just misunderstood. That's reasonable. Um, there's a lot, a lot of Intel you can get on some of these guys coming into the, the games. And, and then next thing you know, he's dropping back and now he's playing on the defensive back line. <laughs> I don't know if, um, I, coach Martin just has a more imaginative mind than, than the rest of us, but, uh, Maybe. You know, I would never have thought to put him in that, that left side. Maybe he played there somewhere else, and it was one of those, you know, hey, look, coach, put me in there. But he played well. I thought he did great. I think he was making tackles. Um, I think he – yeah, I, I have no problem. Yeah, although um, I think we've – as we've both said in previous episodes of this podcast, that you're going to – that at this level of play, especially with a lot of the youths who are playing on – the team you're going to see a lot of fluidity and how the and what the positions are mm. and especially uh outside of the forwards sure sure you're going you're going to see midfielders you know dropping back playing defense or defenders on the wings head pushing forward a little more and uh you know putting in crosses until we can until they can figure out where they fit best on a, on the team and I get that. I just, it surprised me. Um, and I think, you know, you, you look at it and you go, oh, this is interesting. Um, I don't know what's going to happen here. And I think that uh, good things happened there. Yeah. So uh, kudos to coach uh, or, or kudos to, to Tyler for um, 
noting and, and, and saying that they could step into that role. And, and yeah, I, I thought that was a, that was a great, a great call. Yeah. Also got also on a, another note, there was a sighting of Ronald Fuentes. Uh, yep. He again, came back the, the bench, second game. As well as Gabby Gomez and Ali Ngazi. Ngazi. Ali Ngazi came in for the last couple of minutes. Yeah. We had a couple of, of mm-hmm. folks come in. Um, that, that Momo. was that in Gonzi's first or second? I'm trying to remember because uh, I haven't seen him play a lot. He was going through quarantine for a I while. Think that was his second appearance. It just they've been very, very small appearances. Um, yeah, USL stats by the way only has Talak the Bear having one tackle, but I'm pretty sure he got a second one as well. Hey. Probably, um, that's okay. Um Whereas, you know, Adam Lindegar looking at another defender who I think had a great game, uh, one, a tackle and five clearances as well as two interceptions. I mean, just a studded, studded performance. Um, exciting stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, the second goal took the wind out of our sails. Absolutely just heartbreaking, yeah. uh, heartbreaking stuff in the 70, 76th minute. And it, you know, it's followed by, a, a, in quick order, you know, a, a 77th minute, Yellow yellow card for Tim Mel, um, and, and you know a I think of- that was on dissension, which is kind of bullshit, but <laughs> not much I can do about that well, here. And then there was ten minutes later, there was the second yellow, which is absurd. I, I don't know if if he's dating the referee's daughter or something, and the ref <laughs> you know just couldn't couldn't handle it or something. But what I mean. Has anybody gotten like a, a letter of explanation from the USL of, of what happened there? That's a good question. I don't know if it's something that we're gonna get. Maybe maybe it's something we can do. We can get we can get Tim Tim on the the, the podcast and and we can, I mean he's got some time off now with that red. Uh, so you know, maybe <laughs> careful, we can get him on. Careful. We can get him on the podcast and, and tell us you know hey. Uh, what it was, you know, maybe maybe he reached down, and untied the shoelace of of the ref, but I, I just I missed it, man. I missed yeah. it, and you could see his reaction. Um, you know, whatever whoever was running the sticks on on the camera angles, you know, a, a lovely job for throwing it right to who whomever whoever's yeah. camera that was that that had a, a full face of of Mel because you see him throw his hands in the air and. Um, and say things, let's just say, we're not going to say on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Very clear. Uh, of course. It was, it was perfect. Um, so, so having uh, said that, um, I guess, who would your who would our man of the match be? So I'm going to work my way up to it. Before I, before I give you my man of the match, I want to say um, some notables, which honestly will narrow okay. it down, right? Um, I want to say, first off, major kudos. We haven't even mentioned him yet. But um, another great game. We have such good goalkeepers, but a great yeah. game for Simon Lefebvre. I think that that was. Um, I mean, he made some just crazy saves. He he was there to cover some some goals. Um, that yeah. second goal sucks, man. I, I don't know what happened there with Alexon, but I, it's. It, I don't know if he went down too easy, he got muscled off or what. But that I think that was just awesome. a couple of people forgot to mark the guy who uh, Torres, it's, who eventually scored. There's no good angle on it, and I think I think Alexon. I, I'm gonna he, Alexon's not someone who goes down easy, man. He, yeah. He's he's the kind of guy who stands like a brick wall, like and and rather would bowl you over and take the yellow, you know. But I don't I don't know what happened there. I mean, did he? It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's 
you, oh, you yeah, man. Watching. You get don't want to get too emotional. We're not yeah. even full of the season so, yet. Well, so he that goal I can't blame on Simone. Um, but I think that first of all, I think Simone had a had a great game. Another another wonderful performance for the for the uh, French giant. Um, I, I think uh, Adam Lundegaard, what a save right there before um, halftime. Yeah. I mean, it beats beats everyone, beats the keeper, and uh, yeah. Adam Lundegaard's leg stretches out like one of the Incredibles and and makes the stop. I mean, it's just amazing stuff. Indeed, and uh, yeah, that was another one where Saravi and Lefebvre had an issue there. Uh, ran into Lefebvre uh, by accident, I think. Mm. Which almost allowed uh, Hartford to, you know, score unopposed. Yeah. But yeah, like I said earlier, Lundegaard, amazing uh, save to back up the keeper there. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, so thankfully, neither of the Lefebvre and the Sarvia were hurt on that play. That's right. That's right. I do remember them going down. Um, so another another stellar performance um, I want to highlight is Christian Sordo. Um, oh, yes. we, we've already talked on him. I think um, if anyone was going to challenge our man of the match for uh, for that that position, it would have been him. Um, I think overall, stat wise, he probably had the man of the match, but also he played a full ninety, whereas ours came off um, sixty four minutes. Half-time. Yeah, a little bit after halftime. Uh, a decision I disagreed with, but again, it's why I'm not being paid to coach team, and uh, and someone yeah. smarter than me is, and that that guy's name is Coach Martin, and so. Um, he pulled him off in the 64th minute, and uh, it was that it was Josh Fawley. And so Josh Fawley is my man of the match. Um, I, I think that getting the first pro goal, um, keeping the composure, head down, um, eyes forward, and I, I gotta say, man, having the, the the mental fortitude to go out there and, and knock one in in the first five minutes after missing a penalty and and, and probably catching flack for it too, mm-hmm. like that's that's not easy on a striker and he went out and he did it and, and he just kicked dirt in the eyes of, of all, all the naysayers. Indeed. And I kind of agree with you in that it was, for me, it was close between Sorto and Fawol, but uh, Fawol's been, Fawol was uh, going forward the entire game, even if only one time it resulted in a goal. I really appreciated how he just kept, kept on doing that. You, and you knew he was due from his previous games. Yeah, and he yep. did it here. Christian Sorto came in for me. Came in a very close second because yeah, it was in large part to him for helping facilitate it at both ends of the field. Yep. Uh, so maybe he'll get it next round time. You just got to keep it up, mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. Nothing against you. You were, but you keep doing what you're doing. You'll get the goal and the man of the match as well. But for yeah, tonight, the two loud Adams man of the match for this game, Joshua Wall. There we go, Josh. We appreciate that that wonderful performance. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, you know, cheers to you, Josh, and have an age appropriate beverage. <laughs> so, so that we'll close up the Hartford game. Um, that, that's a that's a three zero uh, losing streak we're currently on, or an zero and three losing streak we're currently in the midst of. It's a dark yeah. dark place um, in the middle of our season or toward the end, I guess, you know, the, the second half of our season. But we got a big game coming up, um, and, and we're going to talk about that one second. Real, real quick, we're going to do a quick shout-out to our, uh, our primary sponsor, which is the Loudon Stampede. The Loudon Stampede is the, uh, the primary supporters group for Loudon Uni- United. They are uh, they're at, they're at matches, and they're throwing viewing, away game viewing parties and 
and all sorts of fun stuff. But not only are they are they soccer related, they they also doing uh, philanthropic and and community service type work all over. Um, you know, one of the things that we're working with them is actually setting up a, a philanthropic uh, donation to to getting a player uh, potentially interviewing on this podcast. So we're gonna set that up. Hopefully, maybe even the next podcasts uh, we record may have a player uh, a special guest on there we'll see if we can make that work out um and, and so so that's that's awesome you know they're, they're they're doing all sorts of great stuff um they, they've been having viewing parties at their most recent one at Salisbury, brewing but they'll be out at the next game which uh we want to we want to see a, a bunch of folks out we want to see one fifth the crowd that's allowed to be out um <laughs> at uh, at segra field and that's on saturday uh, this upcoming Saturday, the twelfth, and that's against big time rival, one time Bethlehem Steel, now time Philadelphia Union too. That, that's all. That's that's it. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Steel City Army. We're co- don't worry. We'll take good care of your team. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. But um, you know, this is a huge rematch. Um, and we're gonna transition from sponsor now to talking about this upcoming game because this is not only is this a huge opportunity. For, for us to regain some footing um, in Group F, to, to kind of regain our, our heads and, and shake off this lose streak, you know, we could have an opportunity to get our, our second win of the season. But it's a big rematch. Our first game of the season, we opened up blistering cold weather up in Chester, Pennsylvania. A bunch of us drove up and, and we took over that stadium. And we were the loudest people in it, yeah, it I, rem- I remember that night. We were crazy enough to drive hours from Northern Virginia to Phil- to Philly, freezing our tuchuses off. But it was great to be there. The atmosphere was electric, and we were louder yeah, than we were louder than any of the home fans in that stadium. To to the point where they they actually had to um, the the home like security had to like accost us and and put us all in this one section because they were so afraid. That uh, yeah. we really dominated the stadium. We did. We dominated the stadium. We we showed up. Um, I mean, we had a good thirty or forty people that drove up, and and we 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 drank again alcohol appropriate beverages to stay warm. Or excuse me, uh, age appropriate beverages. Appropriate. They were alcohol. Um, and <laughs> um, so we we had a great time. Um, and some of us stayed up there over the night in Chester, Pennsylvania. But this is this is the rematch, right? That ended in a zero zero draw. A lot of hope um, and, and a lot of great saves. I think that the the big man of the match for that game was Colin Miller coming out there and, and just playing lockdown. Um, it, it was us first opportunity seeing Endor back on the pitch and Adam Lundegaard out there and he he got his start. Um, a lot of big names. We saw back. start that one time. Didn't he? Maybe not a start. But Who's that? A wall. No, he came off the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but he had a great great performance off the yeah. bench. I think he got the last like fifteen or twenty minutes. Um, so we're we're really looking forward to this game. You know, I think there's a bit of a rivalry brewing between the Philly two, um, very few faithful, all, all twelve of the people who, are <laughs> and then uh, the New York Red Bulls two faithful as well. I think that you know not only does do our our parent clubs, um, you know, luckily we're just not named our parent club two, uh, yeah. but we are an MLS two team in a sense. You know, we're the same kind of uh, structure, same kind of build out. Um, you know, and our parent clubs have a rivalry of their own, and I, I think it's it's due time that we have a rivalry between these three teams: New York Red Bulls two, Philadelphia Union two, and Loudoun United. Because um, we're kind of a league of our own, right? We have our own our own rules, our own our own set of circumstances, and uh, this is a big game, man. This is big. So, 
Looking forward to it, and hopefully uh, we come away with a W this time. W, that's right. Um, curly right. or not. So, um, yeah, let's see here. What we got next? Do you want to talk? Uh, who's our Academy yes. Spotlight? Today we're going to talk about somebody we just praised uh, for a good chunk of this episode. Uh, Woodbridge, a son of Woodbridge, Virginia, Nelson Martinez. Nelson, we got a couple Woodbridgers, huh? Yep, that's good. It's a good sign that you know we got a bunch of uh, people from Northern Virginia who are getting the shot to, uh, you know, go pro at the at the higher at higher levels in uh, soccer in general. But yeah, Woodbridge, Virginia's own uh, Nelson Martinez, who's uh, usually who's. Usually, kind of swaps between. Usually, does a sorry, sorry. Usually, does a center back position, and on occasion, like he did in the last match, plays defensive midfield. He he played, I, I believe, in that defensive only position. I, I think he even played on the the on like a fullback role last season at one point. But I don't think he's played there once this year. I think he's been midfield only. Um, yeah. I think he's done well in it. Uh, yeah, I, I think when when we saw that first pairing in the midfield between. Jeremy Gray and Moses Neiman, we were like, well, there could be no, no better pairing. And I think that um, in, in Jeremy Gray's absence, each time that Nelson stepped up, I think he's done uh, seamlessly. I think he's, he's absolutely filled those shoes just fine. Yeah. And from what I could find during his time with the DC United Academy from the U 15s to the U 19s, he's been, uh, he's been projected to be on a midfield role, but uh yeah, as of late, he's been kind of shifted back and back, and he's, you know, is more of a defensive-minded player, and he's risen to the challenge for his part on that uh, thing. We got um, he's gotten had a, a decent success rate with uh, tackles, uh, basically two thirds that he's won. He's won uh, seventy-five percent of aerial duels this year. Uh, duels in general, he's. He could show some improvement on, I suppose, that they gave him a, the USL site gives him a 44% uh, success rate on those. Having said that, he's done uh, really well in the defense in the uh, defensive half of the field, mm -hmm. uh, both in terms of in passing accuracy and clearances and successful passes. Just you know, getting the ball out of out of our uh, side and to uh, and pushing it forward. Um, not as of course the uh, flip side being that he hasn't done much on the attack yet that uh, we've seen on the stat sheet. He has started at least three times. Uh, anyways, I might be skipping ahead here with the stats. Um, another fun fact is that he's actually been in a couple of uh, matches for the United States uh, U18 team in, uh, 20, in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, both of them uh, in matches against uh, Costa Rica, a couple of friendlies, but they still count. Um, where he was, he was in the uh, he was in the lineup for one of them, even. Okay. And uh, on the team, it's on Loudon United. He's played in five games, started three, and uh, as we already mentioned, he did get that one red card that might have. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> stunted him from playing further over the past couple of games. Um, having said that, um, he's 
another player that's betting on himself and uh, decided to jump into the pro thing with both feet. Interesting thing about him while I was looking up some information is that uh, he was going to Fortune High School in Woodbridge, but apparently there's a rule that the U.S. Soccer Association or Soccer Federation has that apparently if you play if you're if you play for an academy team, you're not allowed to also play for your high school team, which I was not aware was a thing. But I guess in hindsight, it makes sense. You don't want high school. You don't want to you know high school being flooded with semi-pro or full-pro uh, kids, uh, you know, running around and making things very uneven. So yeah. okay. Martinez. Um, so Martinez uh, apparently took it a step further and. Uh, dropped out the second half of his junior year to focus on uh, his academy time, hoping oh, dropped, to get a pro contract of, with the team. Dropped out of the team, his high school team, yeah. 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 And dropped out of high school, like in general, in the second semester of his junior year. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, let's just say it's a high risk, for my, in my opinion. Yeah, he, did, he did later complete his uh, high school uh, level coursework uh, graduating uh, June of this year with a diploma. Oh, that's all that matters then. That's awesome. Yeah, Good on you, Nelson. Through an online correspondence. Yeah, where course. do you get these stats? I always, I'm always, I'm like, I'm like silent in uh, in listening. I'm always just so. Uh, astonished at, at how your ability to, be able to dig this stuff up. That's that's great and good on good on Nelson for finishing out that yeah. your degree. Yeah. So um, another thing, and on that note, he was. Uh, verbally committed to uh, North Carolina uh, University oh. of North Carolina, the Tar Heels. However, much like much like the same thing with the high school, and probably because he uh, dropped out in uh, his in the second half of his junior year in high school, that uh, he instead decided to go full on pro with uh, soccer. And uh, for what it's worth, so far he's had some modest success. He has been training at times with the first team, DC United as well as the academy kids. And uh, earlier this year, he got signed to an official contract alongside a couple other people, including Christian Sorto and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, I think Adam, I wanna say Adam Lundegaard. Okay. Well. Sorry, the name just, the second name just flew out of my head, but I do know okay. he signed up with Christian Sorto at the, around the same time as Sorto did. Okay. And uh, yeah, now he's officially out of the academy and he's going all in on uh, being a pro soccer star. And as a defender, it's going to be a little tougher to have those numbers show up on the stat sheet, but we're rooting for you all the same. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great, man. That's a great, great rundown of Nelson Martinez. Um, he's certainly someone that I, I appreciate having in the field. Uh, game in, game out, and uh, uh, he's got a great family, and uh, we we talk about him and uh, and his his very yeah. vocal dad a lot on the podcast, oh, yeah. and uh, I know the Stampede guys they they really love him, and uh, so he, he's yeah. he's part of the family I, I consider. Um, That's another thing I love about this team is that sometimes you can just chat with their folks and mm -hmm. uh, the players mm -hmm. and uh, just get a better sense of how they're doing out there what their uh, goals are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, and these are great experiences, you know, to, to any of y'all out there that, that aren't getting a chance, you know, to, to come out to games, definitely do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great family experience. Um, you know, you, you'll have maybe the, the one person out from the corner uh, yelling at the players. Um, yeah. Try not to be, be that guy, unless it's New York Red Bulls, then it might be me, honestly, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll always hear a couple of stampeders. Um, and, and then and it's cool to, to get together um, socially distanced, but, but get together at the end of the game and, um, and, and sing, uh, you know, to the players in the same tradition that stampede always does. Um, so it's a, can't help falling in love with you by, by Elvis Presley. They sing, to the players, a couple <laughs> stanzas. So it's a, it's a cool tradition. You know, it's a, it's a cool place. Um, it, it's, it's very, again, socially distanced, but it's, it's very like intimate with the, with the pitch. Like you're right there on the field. Those cool, uh, there's something to be said about these, these small 5,000 person stadiums. There, there's yeah. just, um, I, I actually last season went on a podcast when we were playing against Nashville um, and they've got a, a massive podcast, uh, a couple podcasts out there, but one of those guys, I think it was called the tailgate show with Nashville um, SC and they, they had me on and they were talking to me about a bunch of different stuff. And man, I'll tell you, they, they couldn't speak more highly of, of, like, of Sager field and like how cool and like how intimate the experience is and everything. So, um, and they're exactly right. You know, it, it's, we're not, a, we're not Louisville. We're not massive, but it's great. It's a great time. So to come out for sure if you feel um, it's safe for you to come out of course if you feel it's safe for you to come out absolutely so um and and one thing i want to just mention and note and i i continue to, to heap praises on the loud united staff and they deserve every every ounce of it but it, it looks it looks like you know I, I wasn't able to make it to the game against oh was it uh what was the most recent new york red bulls to uh that home game i wasn't able to make it to that one but um and maybe maybe i missed out maybe they were already there i, I didn't see it but I, it looks like they've got some pretty cool seat coverings over the seats. Now, I don't know if they're going to be out there and deployed for this upcoming game this weekend, but I, I saw them uh, a good amount of sponsorships and some pretty cool professional looking um, seat coverings that maybe you're going to, we're going to, we're going to see on the seats uh, for the, the, the game as it's covered by ESPN plus. Um, but I, I saw those for, I know there's some Academy kids uh, out there playing on the field every once in a while. So, Hopefully, I think that's really cool. Um, I think that's a great opportunity for some local businesses to, to get out there and, and uh, throw their name out. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's awesome. Big shout out to to Loudon United and and Loudon United staff. So, so yeah. Right. Well, uh, this is uh, this is it. That's that's all I've got. Is that all you've got, Adam? Yep. I guess that's it for tonight. Uh, well, thank you all for listening in. As yeah. A massive thanks, guys. As always, if you've listened to this far into the podcast, you're you're a trooper, you're a warrior. Um, you're putting up with us, and that is, uh, we can't express our, our gratitude enough. So, so thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in each week, and each week, um, hopefully, we can continue to provide you with with some content that's worth listening to. So, uh, indeed. So yeah, we're doing this for you. And as always, my name is Adam Indelovitz, and I'm Adam Davis. This is Too Loud Adams. Stay loud and united. The Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now. <laughs>